Sometimes you need to take control to make a difference. That's why with FlexPath from Capella University, you're in control. Set your own deadlines and leverage your experience to move at a pace that works for you. Discover a different way forward at capella.edu. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All-Hit Radio! Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back to the X-Zone, everyone. My guest this hour is Christy Lee Napurno. Naparano, I should say. She was born in 1982, just weeks before the discovery of Princess Doe's body in a Blairstown, New Jersey, Cedar Ridge Cemetery. While growing up and attending Blairstown Elementary School and North Warren Regional High School, Christy heard the tale of Princess Doe many times, and it always haunted her. Upon reading news articles in 2007 about the 25th anniversary of Princess Doe's death, Christy became fascinated by the fact that after two and a half decades, Princess Doe's identity still had not been discovered. She wondered how it was possible that no one, including family members, had ever claimed this girl or reported her missing, and was incredulous that after all this time, law enforcement was no closer to giving Princess Doe a much-deserved identity. Now, Christy hopes that the release of her new novel, The Untold Story of Princess Doe, which is based on the known facts of the case, will bring attention, justice, and dignity to the girl that was found in the Cedar Ridge Cemetery all those years ago. She is a 2004 graduate of the Syracuse University, and now joining me is Christy Lee Naparano. And Christy Lee, welcome to the X-Zone. Hi, thank you for having me. Princess Doe, what can you tell us about her? Princess Doe um, was found on July 15, 1982, mm-hmm. as you said, in the Cedar Ridge Cemetery in Blairstown, New Jersey. Uh, she was found with a shirt, wearing a shirt and a skirt. She was found with um, one of her hands, with the fingernails on one hand were painted red. They thought she was about 14 to 18 years old. About five two hundred and twenty pounds or so. Um, she was bludgeoned. Her face was bludgeoned so badly oh, that to this to this day they have not been able to to give her a face. So that's why it's difficult to give her an identity because no one no one knows who she is and no one reported her missing. Is the case still being investigated by law enforcement officials? Yes, it is. It is still open and active and being investigated by the Warren County Prosecutor's Office. So let me ask you this, Christy. What makes a young lady like yourself born in 1982 so focused on this one case? Well, I grew up in Blairstown, as you said, and this was just always something that I heard. It was a local tale. And, um, you know, 
I can't really explain it. I just, I, I felt very uh, drawn to this case. I felt awful that this girl had no one to speak for her and, mm-hmm. and no name. And I, I, I just feel really sad that, that no one claimed her. So I kind of took it upon myself to be, be her voice and, and, you know, help identify her. This is an amazing story. Uh, I, I, you and I are going to be talking over the next uh, hour about this case, Chris, uh, Christy, so I'd like you just to stand by. And Exo Nation, Christy Lee Napereno is our special guest. We're talking about the untold story of Princess Doe. Her website is www.whoisprincessdoe.com. That's www.whoisprincessdoe.com. 1-800-610-7035 is my toll-free number worldwide. Email address exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, TV at hotmail.com. And our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. The Exxon Radio and TV show is brought to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern. On the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, Star Cable, and our family of broadcast affiliates right around the world. My name is Rob McConnell. Christy Lee Napurano is my special guest. We're talking about the untold story of Princess... I nearly said Princess Di. Princess Doe. This hour here in the Exxon. Don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. Exonation, we're talking about the untold story of Princess Doe this hour. Our special guest is Christy Lee Naparano. And uh, Christy, what are some of the theories behind this strange, bizarre tale that sounds as if it comes directly off of a Hollywood screen? Yes, that's for sure. Um, there have been so many theories over the years. Um, you know, people have said that they thought Princess Doe was someone who worked at an area camp or that she came from Maryland or she came from Long Island. And unfortunately, none of the theories have been proven. So it's really very hard to tell, but there, there have been so many over the years. Now, looking back to uh, when this happened in 1982, criminal forensic sciences aren't as astute as they are today. Has the modern-day forensic investigative techniques of law enforcement been of any use to the law enforcement agencies who are still investigating this active case? Absolutely. Uh, that's what the that's actually what the investigators have been saying as of late. Time has worked in their favor mm-hmm. in this case because when Princess Joe was found in 1982, there wasn't, as you said, uh, 
that you know there was not the DNA That's right. testing capabilities and things like that that they have today. So they actually uh, just they did just come out with two new tests recently that they have uh, sent Princess Doe's. Um, one of them is they sent her hair, a strand of her hair, mm-hmm. to an isoforensics lab in Salt Lake City. And what this isoforensics lab does is they test the hair strand for isoscapes, um, which are able to tell them actually where in the country Princess Doe may have been living and where she resided um, up to months to, to years, depending on how long her hair is, where she was before she died. Like you said earlier, it's 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 hard to imagine that a person has gone missing without anybody making inquiries. Right, and that's kind of, that was, like I said, that's what really bothered me the yeah. most. And that's what my book focuses on, is I just couldn't get over how this girl went missing. And nobody, not a, not a teacher or a neighbor or a bus driver, any, somebody, anybody said, Oh, that's uh, you know little Susie Q from down the street. Yeah. How how could how could we forget her? I, I just find it it blows my mind that there was someone on this earth walking this earth for fourteen to eighteen years that nobody recognized. And my story touches on how this could happen because I I went over it and over it in my mind mm-hmm. so many times. I, I had to I had to write it out on paper and make sense of it because it still makes no sense to me, really. I, I was just going to say, now, what are some of the ways that a, that a young girl could actually disappear off the family radar without being known? The only thing that can, comes to my mind is that maybe she was an orphan. Maybe she was a homeless person. Uh, I don't know. What are some of your theories? I mean, that is one of my theories. I think she could have been an orphan. She could have been homeless. But still, she had to be in some kind of a home. If that exactly. was the case... She had to be in some kind of a home at some point with other kids. Again, I, I, I just can't, I can't grasp it. Um, another one of my theories is maybe her family did it. That's the only other reason I can think of that your family wouldn't report you missing. That's right. They did I, it themselves. I, I agree with you. Uh, and and what, what makes that seem tangible to me is that the fact was she was found in a cemetery as if the perpetrator wanted her to be found so she could have peace. Yes, the, the way she was found, um, it's, it is clear that whoever dumped her there did want her to be found because right. she was kind of found on the on a, a cliff. There's in the back. She was found in the back of the cemetery, um, and there's a cliff that kind of hangs over and, and down on the bottom is a river. So. Mm-hmm. She wasn't down there, so somebody could have easily, you know, pushed her, yeah. but they didn't. They left her where someone was going to be able to find her. You know, and it's it, it's it's ironic because if somebody did not want her to be found, they could have disposed of the young girl's body in a number of ways. Correct. It's, but... It's strange that they wanted the body to be found, yeah. but they didn't want her to be recognized. That's that was evident. Whoever whoever uh, whoever beat her made it quite obvious that they yeah. did not want her face to be recognized. It's either that, or could it be that they wanted to show the local law enforcement agency 
that they could actually get away with it as a taunting gesture, as, as morbid as this may sound. Could this be one of the reasons? And how has the I local think... law enforcement agencies uh, been, been with this case? Have they gone to any other extremes that they haven't in other homicides that they've covered? I mean, the, the the prosecutor's office and the Blairstown police, mostly now the prosecutor's office, They this is a case that has been near and dear to many of them for 30 years. Mm-hmm. They, they've, I know uh, countless investigators, retired and still working, that have spent hours, man hours, you know, working on this and, and interviewing people and, um, you know, looking for suspects and trying to figure out who she is. And as I said, all roads lead to lead to nothing. It's it's just so perplexing. Tell us a bit, a little bit about the town of Blairsville. The town of Blairstown uh, is a very small rural town. It's mm-hmm. right on Route 80. Uh, the last, it's the last exit before you go into Pennsylvania over the Delaware Water Gap. Okay. So it's very small rural farm town. Um, not. Not a, a whole lot of people, lots of farms, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, just a very small, close-knit, very close-knit community. And and how many homicides does this town have uh, usually in a year? <laughs> um, one or less, I would say. Do uh, is it is it a local law enforcement agency, or is it the state police that would have handled this investigation? As of right now, the Warren County Prosecutor's Office is handling the investigation. But the original investigation, who was it handled by? It was handled by the Blairstown Police Department originally. I see. Um, without, uh, were they competent enough to handle an, an investigation of a homicide? I, I guess so. Initially, and um, they they did what they could, and then I think you know. If, Years later, it got passed to the prosecutor's office. Has the New York State Police been involved in this investigation, or the FBI labs? Yes, actually, Princess Doe uh, is the first person ever entered into the FBI's Missing Unidentified Persons database. So she is sort of the poster child for missing and unidentified persons. Hmm. She was the first person entered in by the FBI director at the time, William Webster, in 1983. At the time of the uh, the the finding of Princess Doe's lifeless body, was a rape kit uh, taken, and was she sexually abused? That is something that's not known at this time. Uh, they they believe that the body was too decomposed by the time they had found it. They they think she was there for anywhere between one to three weeks was their best guess, and unfortunately, I believe they did try to do uh, that test, but it was. Her body was too decomposed to get wow. a substantial answer. Uh, the area where she was found, uh, based on what you just said about uh, one week to three weeks, it isn't a very heavily trafficked area. So how was her body discovered and who discovered it? Her body was discovered by the caretaker of the cemetery early on the morning of June. I'm sorry, July 15th. Uh, he was just doing his morning rounds, mm-hmm. and he found her, as I said, at the back of the cemetery, kind of behind the, the caretaker's area. But if he was doing his rounds, how come he didn't discover her body sooner? 
I have no idea. I, you know, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with how often he did his rounds. I don't know if he did them every day, once a week. I'm not really familiar with, with how, how often he did them. Strange. Why, why do you think that, that your book is, is so necessary? I think my book is necessary because this, this case needs to be solved. No two ways about it. We need mm-hmm. to give Princess Doe a name, and we need to find her killer. They need to be brought to justice. This is, this is an unspeakable crime. How, how, could you, how could you murder a girl so, so gruesomely and dump her body, a young girl, and, and get away with it 30 years later. It, it, it's infuriating, really. Um, and I, I really think mm-hmm. that my book will help. I want my book to help bring awareness to this case. I want, I want it to somehow get into the right hands of someone who remembers Princess Doe and for them to say, oh, I remember that girl, and I have some information about this case. So I'm hoping that that, that happens. Tell me, uh, have you ever approached uh, John Walsh on America's Most Wanted to profile this uh, story? Actually, it's funny you ask that. Uh, the story is going to be profiled on America's Most Wanted in September. I see. And uh, how was the media coverage of the story going back to 2000 and what was it, uh, 1989, right? 1982. This story has been covered... It's been it's been covered extensively by the media. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually, whenever they have an anniversary of her death, you know, the 25th anniversary, they have stories in all the New Jersey and Pennsylvania papers. I've actually seen articles that were in the Miami Herald and in Texas newspapers, California. This there was actually an HBO special in 1983, something about missing children. I forget the exact title of the of the documentary. But it was something about missing children, and the Princess Doe case was profiled on that. All right, stand by, please. You and I have to take a commercial break. We'll be back after the news. Exonation, Christy Lee Naparano is our special guest. She's the author of The Untold Story of Princess Doe. Once again, her website is www.whoisprincessdoe.com. Christy and I will be back on the other side of this break from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 
401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. This is The Exxon, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. 1-800-610-7035, worldwide, toll-free. Email exxon at exxoneradiotv.com on MSN Messenger. Exxon Radio TV at Hotmail.com and our website, www.exxoneradiotv.com. My guest this hour is Christy Lee Naparano, and we're uh, talking about Christy's book entitled The Untold Story of Princess Doe. And this story goes back to the summer of 1982, Exxon Nation, when the mangled body of a teenage girl, her face bludgeoned beyond recognition, was found in a cemetery in the rural farm town of Blairstown, New Jersey. Her brutal murder immediately captured the sympathy of the local townspeople, who dubbed the nameless young victim Princess Doe. Now, the case grabbed national attention and kept millions on the edge of their seats waiting for a resolution that never came. Thirty uh, Today, 30 years later, Princess Doe remains as nameless and faceless as she did the day she was found. But investigators are hopeful that two new high-tech DNA tests may at last reveal her identity and that of her killer or killers. Once again, my guest this hour is Christy Lee Naparano, and her website is www.whoisprincessdoe.com. Christy, with all the with all the media attention that this case seemed to get, why do you think now? 30 years later, some new information may rise to the top and this case may be solved. Technology is getting more and more advanced every day and I think that is going to is going to work in Princess Doe's favor. Another one of the tests that they had just recently done, uh, actually not quite a test so much as a, they made a new composite sketch of her face. Mm-hmm. They actually took her skull, they sent it to the Smithsonian Institute, and in conjunction with the Center for Nas- uh, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, they did the, a free-form CT scan, and they have now what they believe is the closest likeness to what Princess Doe's face may look like, and that actually can be seen also on my website, whoisprincessdoe.com. Now, was her body exhumed? Or had her body been maintained in a state other than a ceremonial burial? Her body has been exhumed several times uh, since since its burial to to get to try to get more DNA. As DNA became a DNA technology became more advanced, they would exhume her body to see if they could obtain some more samples to do some more tests. So, so even after all these years, this poor person. Princess Doe still hasn't been laid to rest properly. That's correct. Her, she is currently buried um, in the in the cemetery that she was found in. As a matter of fact, in Blairstown. Has there been any twists or turns in this in this case over the years that? Sometimes you and the investigators, as well as the prosecutor, and undoubtedly the the townspeople have finally thought, all right, we're getting closer, we're getting closer, we're getting closer. 
there have there's been there's been a couple of times where there they had some what they thought were valid leads mm-hmm. um but then unfortunately they turned up either inconclusive or they turned out to be wrong so it, it has been a bit of an emotional roller coaster mm-hmm. especially for the investigators that have been on this case since the beginning. What would happen if this case is never solved? How will this affect the townspeople? You know, honestly, I've never even thought of that uh, of that option. I am so passionate about mm-hmm. this, and I'm so convinced that they are very close I hope that they are very close to finding out who she is. But it, I really, I don't, I don't think that's an option. But it is a possibility. I guess, I guess you're right. I guess anything's a possibility. I, I really don't know. I, I, I really can't say because, because I really in, haven't even thought about it. In order for them to make a DNA match, they have got to have a sample from someone in her family that is in the database of DNA for law enforcement. So if no one has ever been arrested and a DNA sample not been taken, or for one reason or other, a sample of her closest relative has not been taken and processed in the present DNA fashion, the mystery will still have on. That is correct. As I said, I'm I'm incredibly hopeful that, that that will not be the case. I really, I think, I think that some someday we will find out who she is, DNA or not. I think someone. This is my whole point that somebody somewhere has to know something. But after and, thirty years, if nobody has come forward and said, "Hey, listen, that's my missing cousin. That's my missing neighbor's daughter. This, that's my missing child." After thirty years, why would they come forward now? Maybe because they have been scared to say something. They, I don't know. I just, I'm hopeful that maybe, maybe they forgot. Maybe, you know, it, it's been difficult because they really don't know exactly what her face looked like. But now with this but, new composite sketch, maybe someone will recognize her. What would you say the population of Blairstown is? Oh, currently, I, oh, I believe it's 4,000 people maybe. Okay, so in a town of 4,000 people, does it really take facial recognition to say, hey, somebody's missing? They don't think she was from Blairstown. Is it, how do they feel, how do the townspeople feel that the killer, the killer or killers may be part of that community? We can't rule that out. No, you're absolutely right. That can't be ruled out. Um, you know, I guess it's... Um, it's a little disconcerting to think that that, that might be. Mm. How is the celebration, or the I should say, how is the anniversary of her death? Um, uh, oh, geez. Celebrated? Uh, yeah, celebrated. That's a lousy memorialized. word. I like that, memorialized. Um, <laughs> well, they have a memorial for her on the anniversary of her death. They're just We just had one, actually. Uh, a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. for the cause July 15th was the 30th anniversary. We had a great turnout. There were um, almost 200 people there, I would say. And uh, I spoke the 
um, Detective Lieutenant Stephen Spears of the Warren County Prosecutor's Office spoke, um, retired police officer Eric Kranz, who was actually one of the first people on the scene, spoke as well. Um, and it was a very nice ceremony. We had, um, they also did something different this year at the ceremony. They put a, took a mannequin and they put the clothes that Princess Doe was wearing when she was found on the mannequin. She was wearing a very distinct skirt with a sort of a paisley and peacock. Isn't that a little, isn't that a little morbid? Putting the actual clothes of a, of a, of a homicide victim on a mannequin? It is, but they, they, they're hoping, as I said, her skirt is very distinct and they were hoping that with the media that came, they were hoping that someone would recognize the skirt. Wouldn't a photograph have done the same with more dignity? There have been photographs of the skirt online for years. Ever it since sounds like found. that the town uses this as a bit of a tourist attraction. I wouldn't say that. No, I, I don't. I don't think that. I, well, I why else would that. they memorial? Well, then why else would they memorialize this this young lady and then defile her her memory by putting the clothes that she was wearing when she was killed on a dummy and then paraded in front of the media? I don't think they were doing it in that way. I definitely, I, I don't think that's that was their intention. Their intention always has been, and will be to they just want to give her a name they just want to give her an identity there i don't think their their intent was was malicious at all and it's mm. i don't think it's used as a as a media attraction really they they do it they do it more out of, of respect for her tell me because she didn't have a family so if we didn't have a a memorial for her nobody would all right so let me ask you this who do you get more people at the Armistice Memorial or the Memorial for Princess Doe? Do you get the same amount of media coverage when you when you memorialize the, your veterans that have lost their lives in the war, or do you get more media attention with Princess Doe? I would imagine. I mean, I would imagine the veterans get get more attention. I, as far I, as I, I know, that was my point of writing this. Media, was, media it, attention, media. Who gets? I would, as I said, I, I I don't you know no one really knows about Princess Doe. That was the point of my book was to 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 bring her to bring her out so we could identify her. All right, so I'm I'm going to ask this question one more time. Who gets more media attention in Blairstown, the veterans or Princess Doe? I. I'm not really sure. I don't. I don't know the. Uh, I'm, I, well, you know, let's see. Let me be... see. Let me see. I don't think that the veterans who lost their lives in in uh, Blairstown would get national media attention like Princess Doe does. Not well. We do give them recognition. Right, but absolutely. But they don't get the same media attention that Princess Doe does because of the story, it's right? It's a completely different. It's a completely different subject. It's a, it's a completely different story. We know who the veterans were. We give them the same respect that that we would give to anyone who 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 gave their lives for for our country. Okay, statistically speaking, I, I I'm sure that you've done your homework on this uh, since you've written a book. Uh, the title is "The Untold Story of Princess Di." How many? children each and every year are victim of homicide acts that are not identified around the United States? 
Um, there are just over 100 victims of abduction, murder that are that are that are that actually happen mm-hmm. uh, that are abducted or killed by someone who is not a, not family member related. Okay, but I'm asking how many are unidentified as Princess Doe is? There are about 4,000 unidentified found every year, and at the end of the, at the end of the year, about 1,100 of them remain unidentified. Wow. So we're talking since Princess Doe has been found, over 33,000 victims. Yes, probably. Unreal. Unreal. Yes. Now tell me, uh, has the local law enforcement agency ever thought of calling in a psychic to see if a psychic can help? Because you know, I've not heard of a number of law enforcement agencies that use psychics when they come up to dead ends. I believe that someone did, one of the, um, there was a witness that did speak to a psychic, uh, but it didn't, it didn't help. As far as I know, they've not used any other, mm-hmm. uh, any other psychics, no. Has there ever been a reported uh, um, spiritual encounter of the of Princess Doe in the cemetery by anybody who's gone there late at night? Not to my knowledge, no. So she doesn't haunt the cemetery? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. 33,000 victims, that's a lot of... Uh, when you when you hear that figure of eleven hundred a year, or as you, I, what was the first figure you gave us? Three thousand a year, and then it worked its way down to eleven hundred a year. That remain unidentified. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. How do you think? How do you think this problem can be solved in the future? Um, I mean, aside from aside from people not killing other people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think uh I think that I think it's a lot it's strange because it I would like I, w- I wish I could say that it wasn't as common now but because you would think that now with you know the DNA and and with people just being more um socially aware with Facebook and mm-hmm. um you know LinkedIn and all these social network networks that everyone's on you would think that it wouldn't be such a big deal uh I mean such a such a huge problem but but it is you know I I don't know how it can be remedied. All right, you and I have to take our final break. Stand by. We'll be back on the other side. 1-800-610-7035, worldwide toll-free. This is the Exxon. My name is Rob McConnell. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard Monday through Friday from our studios in Hamilton and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, Star Cable, and our worldwide family of broadcast affiliates. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. 
Welcome back, everyone. We're talking about Princess Doe this hour. My guest is Christy Lee Naparano, and uh, she's the author of The Untold Story of Princess Doe. Her website is www.whoisprincessdoe.com. Christy, have you done research and written on other stories as well? No, I have not. This is my this is my first novel. Why did you write it as a novel instead of a factual account? Because there aren't really all that many facts known um, to to really to really piece together a story. I, I thought a fiction story would would have a little more impact. Would would go a little would would reach people a little more, especially because, you know, I, I kind of start the story two years before her death mm-hmm. and I gave, I gave her a life essentially, because as I said, I felt that she deserved that. So, um, that was, that was my intention. Is it possible the very life that you gave her in your fictional account may throw people off because they can say, well, geez, you know, this can't be who I'm thinking it is because the girl in this story did A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. Sure, I guess it's possible. I mean, you know, I do remind everyone that the book is fiction. So mm-hmm. the only the only part of the story that's the truth is the very end when they found her in the cemetery in Blairstown. So anything else before that is is completely from my own head. What would you like to leave your readers with after they finish your book? I just want them to, to tell, talk about it. I want them to talk about it. I want them to tell their friends and their family. And I, I want, I, like I said, I want this to, to spread across the nation because I think the only way that we are going to ever find out Princess Doe's identity is to spread the word as far as we can and with hope that someone will remember something from 1982. Christy, I want to thank you very much for joining us. And um, to all the people in Blairstown, I I don't know. I I, I tell you, when putting the clothes of a deceased person on a mannequin, to me, is a little morbid. Send me your emails. Tell me what you think. Xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. That's xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. I personally think that her book would have had more clout if it would have been done as a a factual story instead of a um, instead of a novel. And we've seen this happen over the years, Exonation. That when people try to put reality into a novel, it takes away the credibility from the story and the credibility away from the author. People think, well. Geez, was the story so dull it had to be made up, or was the entire thing made up, even including what the author claims to be real? I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past the hour as the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell. The Exxon, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard, Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern on the Talkstar Radio Network and our growing family of broadcast affiliates worldwide. Don't go away, we'll be back shortly.